Thank you so much for tuning in to Northridge Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you a part of our weekly service. For more information, please visit us online at northridgethomaston.com. Now prepare your hearts as we dive into God's Word. Amen. The wise person sees danger up ahead and takes refuge. But the foolish person continues on and suffers great harm. Why do I tell you that? Because every day, the average person makes between 50 and 120,000 decisions. Every single day, you're making decision after decision that will determine your direction in life. As 2019 is literally 36 hours away from now, as I challenged you a moment ago, what are some areas in your life where you need to make better decisions? Decisions that will determine your direction in life. Decisions that can alter your family's future, your marriage, your finances, your physical health. All day, every day, we're making decision after decision after decision. And it is pointing us in a direction. The greatest, most powerful thing that God has given us is the power to choose. The power of choice. That you and I, every single day, can make a decision today, as Joshua said, I will choose this day who I will serve. And I will meet, as for me and my house, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Every day when your feet hit the floor, you have that same choice. Today marks a new day for you. Maybe 2018, you haven't been choosing to honor God with your lifestyle. Maybe you haven't been making decisions to honor God with your financial life or your physical life or your spiritual life, your academic life. You don't have to go into 2019 with these these same bad habits, hurts, hang-ups, and things that are hindering you from being who God wanted you to be. Your decisions in life determine your direction. Make a goal. Make a goal in your life that you're going to park at the furthest parking space available at your work starting starting tomorrow. Furthest parking spot. I'm going to park way back there. It's going to force me to exercise. You work at a, I know a guy in here that works at at a building. Don't take that elevator. You can do it. Instead, I'm terrible. All right. <laughs> Just give me something. Used to, used to. The bad quality to a lesser quantity, maybe I promise you I have been doing better. The other night we had supper, I had one Oreo. My body went into shock. Like, what do you mean just one? My body's like, uh, you mean one sleeve? Like, not just one Oreo. Double stuff. I want mega stuff. If you don't at least, if you get regular Oreos, those are, they might as well put on their diet Oreos. You at least got to have double stuff. Like, that's like even to talk to me. You got you, you to be having, it, mega's the best. But limited, lim, just try it for one month. The month of January, just like me, no dessert every meal. No, one a week. One a week. Watch what happened. Drink two bottles of water a day instead of two Coca-Colas a day. The average person spends $75 at convenience stores every, every month. The average person, 75 bucks at convenience stores. Isn't that crazy? Grab two bottles of water instead of two Cokes. Physical life is important. First Corinthians says, do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Body. That's what the Bible says. Honor God with your body. One of my best friends took a trip overseas on a mission trip. And one of the guys that were there at the trip, one day they were going street evangelism. Next day they went street evangelism. Well, by the third day, the guy, my best friend, he said, he said his buddy, he said he was out. He was done. He physically was crying and weeping because he paid to go on this mission trip and he couldn't do missions. 
because he physically couldn't walk. The, the, the amount of time that they were walking, they were going door to door. They were doing evangelism. And he said his friend was on the ground, tears falling from his face because he physically couldn't do what God called him to do. I don't ever want to be in a position that I physically cannot do what God is calling me to do. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a huge deal. Trash in, trash out. It's like that spiritually. Put junk in your brain. Don't at all, don't at all think hanging out with people that do X, Y, and Z. Don't at all think that you can live your life and not accidentally do X, Y, and Z. They're going to influence you. Same thing, guys, physically. Whatever you're putting in, you're not exercising, you're not eating right, it's going to affect your body to be able to do what God is calling you to do. It's a big deal. Last but not least, financial life. Are you where you want to be financially? In your home, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your future? Are you where you want to be? Say, David, I want to be generous. I want to be able to be generous. When people need something, I want to be able to give it to them. But I can't because my debt is so high up in my eyes, I can't even see the future. I can't even see hope. There is no light at the end of the tunnel because my tunnel is packed full of stuff that I don't even need. The average American household, $16,000 in credit card debt. 78% of Americans today, individuals, 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 88% say they have no savings. They have none. Proverbs 12 says, a foolish person spends all that he has. I don't want to be foolish. I don't want to be foolish. I want to be wise. I want to be able to give. I want to be able to serve. When there's a kid that comes to me and says, I can't go on this trip. I want to be able to say, no worries. Because our church is a church that believes in biblical finance. And there's people who have said no to debt. They said yes to Jesus. And they're going to be able to write you a check because they love you. And they want to be a generous person. You know why? Because they said no to the world. And they said yes to the word. I want to be that. I want to do that. Debt is a threat. It wants to take your marriage. It wants to take your home. Satan wants to do everything he can to destroy your marriage. Guess what? Go look it up. RachelCruz.com, ChrisHogan360.com, or DaveRamsey.com. Go look it up. The number one cause of divorce in America today is financial stress, financial fights. Number one cause of divorce in America. Satan wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to take your kids' future. That's what he wants from you. He wants, you to, he wants you to be so physically unhealthy that you have to say no to mission trips. You can't physically go. That's what the enemy wants. Don't let the enemy take it. Don't let the enemy take your health. Don't let him distract you with all the debt and all the things that the world has to offer. I'm preaching to myself here, guys. We can do better, guys, if you're not where you want to be. Let's set goals. Let's set goals. Goals give you a purpose. Goals give you a reason to get up in the morning. My feet hit the floor, and I'm chasing after a goal. I ain't got time to play games. I ain't got time to play games. I got a little girl at home. I got a little girl that I got to raise to be a Christian lady that's going to marry a Christian man, and she's going to be a virgin, and she's going to go to college, and she ain't going to take out loans. Daddy's writing checks. I ain't putting up with this junk. You got to get ticked off, guys. You got to have passion in your voice. You got to. Because your family tree depends on it. Your family tree depends on it. I know grandparents that want to run outside and play with their kids and their grandkids and they physically can't. I 
know kids that want to give their children the desires of their heart and they want to buy them a decent car and they want them to go to a decent college, but they can't because they've said yes so many times to the things of this world that now they're having to say no to their kids because they were selfish back there. I was one of them. Guys, we can do better. But you're not going to do better if you don't have goals written down and if you don't have a plan written down. If you fail to plan. Just go ahead and go ahead and plan to fail. I'm going to get rid of some stuff. Oh my god. It felt so good, didn't it, Catherine? We did that yard sale in August. We paid off that dumb Disney card. Oh my god. Didn't it feel good? We were sitting there running around the house high-fiving each other. <laughs> we said, yeah, we just paid off our vacation from last year. Woo! We did that stupid yard sale. Got rid of that junk. Next month, let's do another one. Let's get some momentum, baby. We're getting out of debt. I want to be a generous giver. I want to be able to help people when they need help. I'm tired of telling people, no, I can't give. I'm tired of telling people, no, that I can't send them on a trip. I'm going to write some checks for some kids to go on trips. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. I'm determined. I'm passionate about it. The rich rule over the poor. The borrower is slave to the lender. You know that verse is right after the other one? <laughs> Makes sense? It says this. Train a child up in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. Oh, and by the way, the borrower is slave to the lender. God wants us he has given you management and stewardship over your children to teach them what God's Word says about life, physical life, your health, your wellness, your spiritual life. That's the number one most important thing in this world is that you connect with a living God that loves you. The number one goal that you need to set in your life is to be a better you, to read Scripture, to get in God's Word. You get in this book, the book will get in you. Number one goal. But He's also teaching us to teach our children about finances, God's way, to be a giver to be generous, to have a plan. More of Jesus' parables dealt with riches and possessions than any other parable. He spoke more about money than did any other topic in Scripture. Why? Because he knew it's the, it's the love of money that's the root of what? All evil. All evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Let's do some things. Let's create a plan to get out of debt. Let's attack it with a vengeance. Let's go to a financial advisor. Listen, the Bible says you have to seek advice, seek counsel to succeed. You have to seek counsel. You have to seek advice. Ask people who've been there, done that. You don't have to learn from your failures. Learn from other people's failures. I learned that years ago. Learn from other people's failures. Talk to other people. Say, hey, if you could go back in time, what would you do different physically? What would you do different spiritually? What would you do different as a young man or as a young lady, as a teenager financially? What would you do? And listen to people. Every one of them is going to say the same thing. Dr. Caroline Leaf, like I said, she's a cognitive neuroscientist. She says this about setting your goals. We're wrapping up. We're done. Band can get ready. Come on. She says, you have to have an expectancy mindset before you even begin to achieve your goals. You have to have an expectancy mindset. A mindset is filled with thoughts, filled with information and feelings and emotions. You have got to, before you even do something, you've got to already predetermined in your mind, doggone it, I'm accomplishing this goal. Ain't nobody getting in my way. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be a better version of me. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be better spiritually. I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever your goal may be. 
But you have to go into this thing already knowing and believing, man, God is a big God. And if he's calling me to it, he can call me through it. He can do this. Success and failure has already been predetermined in your mind. It's already been predetermined in your thinking. I love what Henry Ford said. Oh my gosh, I love Henry Ford. His quotes. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Whether you believe you can do it or whether you believe you can't do it, you're exactly right. You you can't accomplish everything in your life on your own. It's not about that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of God that lives in you and lives through you. You can do it only with His power. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. You're more than a conqueror. You can do this. Paul was being persecuted. He was being abandoned. Paul was being, he was going through sufferings. And he said this in Philippians 4 13 that people take out of context for years. But he was being suffered and he was being persecuted. And, and the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. As I'm being persecuted, as I'm being beaten down, as I'm going through life's sufferings. I can do it though. I can accomplish my dreams. I can accomplish my goals because it's God who's working in me and through me. Paul knew his power didn't come from him. Paul knew his power came from Jesus. It came from the Holy Spirit of God. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, man, you're exactly right. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Kind of a new way of thinking, new mindset. Have that expectancy mindset that you're expecting God to move in my life. I'm expecting God to, to increase my spiritual walk this year. I'm expecting God to, to have a better marriage with my wife, and I'm expecting God to, to give me more passion and grace as a dad. I'm expecting all these things. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But you gotta believe, and it's all in how you believe it, it's all how you think it, it's all in how you say it. We're closing with this, these last two phrases. I want you to a little, little difference here. Okay? You watch it on the screen. Here's one quote. I hope to lose some weight this year. How many think the person that says that really going to do it? I don't think they're going to do it. What about the second person? Person number two. Instead of I hope to lose some, number two person says, oh, I will lose 20 pounds by December 1st, 2019. I don't know about you, but if these two people came up to me, I'm listening to the second one because they got some little, little spunk about them. They got a little, they got a little hip hop behind their voice, right? They got some passion in their eyes. They're saying, doggone it, I'm tired of being this way. I'm gonna make a difference in my life in 2019. I believe the second person. What about the last one? Well, I, I want I want to pay off some type of debt this year. Okay, I, you can leave the office. I don't even want to talk to you. N- number two person, oh man. Check this out, Dave. I'm going to. I will pay off my $5,000 credit card by December 31st, 2019. You can bank on it, Dave. The person that says that, oh, man, I'm rooting for you. I may even throw you $20 to hell. I'm telling you, that person, the second person, has passion, and they have desire. They have what Dr. Caroline Leaf says, an expectancy mindset. They're expecting God to do something great in their life. Guys, if you don't aim for anything, you'll hit it every single time got to have goals. You got to know where you're going. Goals give you purpose. Goals give you passion. When your feet hit the floor in the morning, you know that you're getting after it. You have something in mind that you're trying to attain, an achievement, an award. It's not so that you get stuff. It's so that you can better honor God. It's so that you can better honor Jesus. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, 1 Corinthians 10 31, do it for the glory of Almighty God.
Do it for God. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Just do what God's called us to do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're wrapping up. We're done. Pardon my passion. I'm not mad. <laughs> Some people are looking at me like, oh, my thing's about to jump off the stage and put me in a chokehold. No, I'm not. Man, I just get passionate when I see potential in people. I get passionate when I see that people have what it takes to do what needs to be done to change their life spiritually. I, I get passionate when I see people and I see their potential. So I just want to ask you, what's God saying? What's God saying? It could, be, it could have been through the worship, through the illustration, through the scripture, through a statistic. It could be anything. What is God saying to you? What is he convicting you of this morning? What area of your life are you dissatisfied? And again, you're not going to dwell on it. You're going to excel on it. You're going to take that dissatisfaction that you have about your spiritual life or your physical life, your financial. You're going to take that dissatisfaction, use it as fuel for motivation. You say, God, you're a big God. And I want to to have some big goals. And I need your help, God, because if you don't intervene, I'm going to fall flat on my face. That's a good-sized goal, by the way. What is God telling you? But more importantly, what are you going to do about it? Father God, I just come to you, Lord, this morning. And God, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you, God, for this time, God, that we can challenge one another to be better. Challenge one another, God, to set goals in our life. Goals that give us a purpose and give us meaning. Goals that we can attain. The Apostle Paul says, I have a goal and it's in mine. I haven't attained it yet, but I'm running after it. God, I thank you, God, for the passion of the Apostle Paul. God, I pray we'll have that same passion. That God, whatever it is you're calling us to do in our family, whatever it is you're calling us to do in our marriage, in our home, being a parent, whatever it is, God, we want to reach for the stars. We want to attain whatever it is, God, you have for us, God. And God, I just pray, Lord, that something said today, something sung about today, some interaction with people today would encourage us and challenge us in 2019 to give it all to you. Give you every area of our life. Surrender everything about our life, remembering that, God, you own it all. I don't own a thing. Everything I own is on loan from you. And, God, I got to be a good steward. I got to be a good manager. So, God, I just pray that, while God, we'll manage our lives well. We'll honor and glorify you in everything that we do. And we'll use our bodies to honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand.